0: Well, everybody said that if you do anything sidekick, it, it unfortunately always stays sidekick. <laughs> it right. never converts into four. Joten um am I pronouncing your
1: name
0: correctly? Is it Joten or Yeah, it is uh Joten, it's just phonetically Joe and then Tin.
1: It well, It's a little surprising for me. And I've never heard of this name. It's pretty unique,
0: at least. Yeah, actually, if you Google it, there are. Uh, I was surprised there are people with the same name. So okay. I, I assume it's not. It's not as unusual, even though I think my parents probably wanted everybody wants a, you know a different name. So I guess abbreviation right. of. Is it an abbreviation or kind of kind of a
1: spin on the word Jyoti, or how does?
0: Yeah, I think it's a, uh, yeah, you know, between Jyoti and Jatin, it's kind of a combination of, and I think it's more Bengali, less mm-hmm. others, even though I'm not Bengali myself. But, yeah. Okay,
1: okay. And um, well, how was the journey from, from, uh,
0: from India to Iraq? And you landed there? Obviously, I went to school in India, in, in Delhi, and um, uh, my father's in the army, so I've you know, moved around. A bit um, over over my schooling time, mm-hmm. and um, ended up getting a, a scholarship here uh, in Iowa, oh, um, okay. in the U.S. And oh. uh, ended up in these cornfields uh, for my first trip into the U.S. Okay, um, and that that was initially the advent into you know coming to the states as such uh, for my bachelor's undergrad mm-hmm. um, and then so I did my undergrad here and then in Iowa and then uh, um, uh, actually worked back in India did an internship for Bank of America in India for for about a year or so and then came back for a master's uh, mm-hmm. here to Florida and okay. then mm-hmm. uh, and then you know basically from there it was more jobs different jobs around started with uh it around with an israeli firm uh mm-hmm. based out of the israeli air force and that's where the cybersecurity piece came into play okay
1: mm-hmm.
0: wow um and so yeah started from there mm-hmm. went along
1: okay so it was like basically uh, you started with uh, your college degree in the us and then you just went the flow and now you imagine the security sector right
0: that is correct. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. cybersecurity was, uh, yeah, it was, it was primarily initially working with the Israeli, this Israeli company based out of the yeah. Israeli air force mm-hmm. going back and forth from Tel Aviv to us. Um, and that's where the cybersecurity piece came in and we, we were developing an identity and access management solution, mm-hmm. um, which, um, we developed and deployed in a lot of banks in the U S um, and eventually uh, were purchased by BMC software. Uh, BMC, the, the product was called Control SA. And uh, BMC bought this company, had multiple mainframe tools. Control SA was Unix based uh, identity management solution. And, um, and then from there, I went to a company called Access360, which Uh, was in a similar space, but Mm -hmm. in a more uh, better UI front end, which was eventually purchased by Tivoli, uh, IBM. And it's uh, called the Tim Tam solution, the identity management Tivoli access management, which is still
1: used.
0: So we developed that. um, And then... uh, Uh, worked with IBM for a bit and then moved into an audit space in uh, Deloitte working for uh, AERS under Deloitte and Touche, which was the security and privacy services uh, end of uh, consulting uh, where we worked around mostly a lot of the Sarbanes-Oxley was very uh, prevalent at that time. right? And Mm -hmm. we were working around controls um, for, you know, financial services in large part, but then also FDA regulation, healthcare, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, looking at controls under these standards like NIST and ISO 27001. Actually, it was ISO uh, earlier version of it. And then uh, it was SAS 70, which now is called the SSA 18 SOC 2. Um, you know, certification under AICPA. So we just started looking at those and then did a lot of, um, you know, vulnerability management and development of governance for large banks. And we, at that time, the relevant thing for a lot of banks was, you know, mobile was coming in, Blackberry, Blackberry was in a huge, huge uh, demand, right. uh, especially for brokers, dealers, and stuff. So we were looking at, Multiple security solutions around Blackberry and transferring data for large banks around the world. Right. Like, uh, Firewalls and stuff. So that's the journey. And that's, yeah, that's uh-huh. my security story as such. And after that, I started uh, SecureFlow uh, uh-huh. working uh, at Deloitte. Um, and oh, SecureFlow okay. was you know, intended initially to be more of a consulting thing and then developed into an SMB space. Um, right. Okay. Services play.
1: So was Secure Flow was kind of sidekick earlier and then you just went
0: mainstream or how was it? No, actually, you know, I found that and, and you know, after working in this industry for a while and actually talking to people, everybody said that if you do anything sidekick, it it unfortunately always stays sidekick. It's <laughs> it never converts into full. Uh, uh-huh. So I i kind of you know dove into it head head first. As, <laughs> just left uh Deloitte uh initially it was individual consulting uh-huh. um, for some large hospitals and stuff that uh-huh. which I did for the first two three years to get some uh-huh. revenue uh-huh. and then uh it developed started developing the capability on this uh, in in parallel so okay. uh, to provide various services as well as talking to a various so we were doing a lot of third-party risk for these hospitals and I was seeing a lot of the smaller companies who were trying to sell into the big hospital mm-hmm. um, struggling with mm-hmm. developing you know controls governance answering the questions uh, from our yeah, risk assessment etc mm-hmm.
1: so what was it a little you didn't feel like at uh, some kind of uh, Pitching me out, enough, um, to wearing a, a cushion job and just moving into an uncharted territory, um, starting a oh, home yeah. firm. because the risk is on your
0: head, right? Eventually. Yeah. So, eventually- Absolutely. I mean, I, th- I definitely did. Uh, there's uh-huh. no doubt about it. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, in my mind, I felt like, okay, well, I, you know, yes, I am taking the huge risk, but, you know, it's a skills based risk where. I felt like, okay, well, if, the, if it doesn't work out, I still have that skill set that I can come back in the industry. <laughs> okay, so basically um, you need a risk management on that, right? <laughs> yeah, that was my risk management as such. Okay. Um, is that, you know, as I am staying across the board in the same industry, learning uh, and growing um, that I, you know, if if worst case scenario doesn't come, doesn't pan out, I will go back and uh work in cybersecurity.
1: Okay. okay. Now looking back at your long career, um which point you you can see that was which which part of your life was the most difficult or which company or which manager was
0: most yeah Yeah I mean I think uh part which was difficult probably was initially starting off in um cybersecurity uh you know traveling back and forth uh between Tel Aviv and the US and learning that overall, because I I was never trained with mainframe. I I didn't really know mainframe very well. Uh Um, And, you know, working with people who are mainframe experts understanding DB2. So there was a huge learning curve, Mm -hmm. which was difficult, definitely. And also, you know, uh, learning the nomenclatures around AS400 servers and Mainframes and um, Unix and you know mm-hmm. the operating systems and such. Okay. Uh, that was definitely challenging uh, for, for me coming in. Um, and also, you know, especially when you're selling into financial services, you are sitting in banks in New York in data centers, and um, uh, going in as a vendor, you're supposed to, they they expect you to know what you're talking about. Obviously, at that time and even now. Uh, you know, most most technology folks are paid uh, uh, on making sure there's you know a hundred percent uptime, mm-hmm. um, and and so you know they wouldn't let anybody a vendor touch their system. Plus, if they felt in any way, shape, or form that the vendor was not sure about their either the capability, understanding of that 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 would even make it worse. So that that was a definite challenging challenging area time. Right. 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 I would say that's that was one. Um, the other was the transition, I would say, uh, after technology into consulting. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it was it was it was also challenging because of the fact that uh, in Deloitte, there is no one, the hierarchy tends to be, you know, multiple partners, multiple senior managers, and everybody has their perspectives around business and, and growth. And they want to make sure that, you uh, you know, they, that they're creating maximum revenue. And uh, for me coming in, it was, again, a lot of selling
1: mm-hmm.
0: of skill set mm-hmm. to base projects to try to, it's almost like getting a new job each time you finish a project. So that, that was uh, a challenging piece as well for, uh, I would say, from my perspective. Um, and because you have so many bosses to deal with, they, that get, can get challenging as well.
1: I can relate to that. Uh, The first time when I joined IBM, I was pretty much confused. Because I had never been in a a matrix organization before. Um, And suddenly you're put in a matrix organization and you have different people calling the shots and you're accountable to everybody. So keeping everybody satisfied at the same time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that 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 gets it, Um, you know, you you not only really learn that okay you have to be good in, in xyz or a specific job uh, skill set you, you need to keep learning and trying to sell into a business right yeah.
1: yeah
0: yeah and in a bigger organization you're like you know like you said in a matrix organization then you have to please multiple people and at the end of the year there is the overall review done where Somebody might think that you did a good job while in the same way and the other person might perceive that as average so that was definitely uh, uh I would say uh, more of a challenging so there you know there was the technology piece on the learning curve piece, and then there's the management of people and capability around that uh, and and I think the other piece of it is managing teams in in deloitte you you know I had larger teams under me for. A lot of the projects and um, and so managing those teams uh, was can also be challenging based on you know all because everybody was on the road and everybody's mm-hmm. dealing with personal stuff plus work mm-hmm. um, and so that uh, was was another interesting challenge and learning uh, over over time uh, that that I would I felt like that was almost a new skill set to develop around, uh, you know, managing folks, leadership, et cetera. Yeah, um, with
1: respect to managing people, um, what's the one skill that you recommend or look for when you wanna hire somebody?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, the one skill is, it's not as much of a hard skill of a specific um, understanding of a particular technology, operating system or others, I think mm-hmm. the important piece I would say is more of a listening skill um, for somebody one to have the ability to uh, listen to and understand what they need to do, and be able to follow through. Um, that is a is a huge aspect because from multiple cultural perspective, there's the expectation that you you know you are. Um, good at what you do but a lot of people unfortunately when they're good at what they do they're not always good at listening and following through in steps on what they should be doing and how they should be informing the other people that they're actually in fact doing the job as expected so I you know that is one thing I look for in people is to try to understand you know are they are they ones that can communicate well and listen to instructions well
1: the art of listening actually is kind of lost now, right? Because people just want to talk, tweet, and uh, give their opinion about other things. Uh, it's very difficult to hold your horses and listen to other people, right?
0: especially. Yeah, I mean, listening is a is is you know is definitely a skill set that uh, is is tough for a lot of people. Yeah, people are so used to kind of telling people what to do, exactly. and um, and you know, moving with that perspective as opposed to actually listening and conducting uh, work that way.
1: Jordan, um, what um, are your views uh, now with respect to Indian cyber security space, cybersecurity space? Um, what's, your, what's your perspective on it?
0: I mean, I've seen huge growth in India and in from a cybersecurity perspective, not only from a services play, but also from a product perspective and uh, an understanding, uh, at least, I would say from a network security perspective, mm-hmm. an understanding of the market,
1: mm-hmm. as
0: well as being able to both uh, develop products that can be sold globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, build organizations, and then sell organizations. Um, uh, there has been huge value add from an India India perspective. I think uh, security has grown quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that is primarily uh, a co- you know a product of the fact that a lot of people have actually uh, worked in the US or worked in the European market and gone back to develop products and services and then sell into the european market mm-hmm. i think uh, that might be the case but there's definitely been a huge growth um, mm-hmm. locally in the indian market i'm not sure how the growth has been is perceived if it's all just services still for indian companies yeah. or if it's uh, you know if they are purchasing products as well and taking security seriously um, because security has always been a cost center for most companies. It's not a revenue generating uh, capability. Right. And like insurance, we look at security as something that we buy only when somebody, okay. we feel like there's a threat. Indians
1: have a threat, yeah. Indian has particular mindset, right? But and don't fix it unless it's broken. Um, so if exactly. things, are, things are working fine, they will not bother to. Build stronger or mature the processes,
0: right? Like, this it still works. Yeah, exactly. I I, I think um, in yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. I think the Indian mindset, as as is the case in, in many countries, the mindset tends to be a little different. So in in India, they are you know more minimalistic. So they will do with. you know, the least amount as long as it doesn't take away from revenue, and that it also um, doesn't harm business in any way, shape or form, both from, you know, uh, a branding perspective, but also from just running the business. Uh, But I also don't think India has seen as much ransomware attacks, uh, phishing attacks, disruption to business as there has been in the US.
1: Um, yeah, now, with respect to uh, we normally would have defacements currently uh, coming in from uh, uh, our friends and across the borders but um we, we apart from that I we didn't have any major uh, uh, attacks, which is at least publicized yeah, but not not at least as compared to what we had in uh, in the US or maybe the. Union.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the European uh both banking healthcare, uh, have seen huge attacks and ha- and so has um, the U.S. U.S. has seen, you know, big attacks. The exposure uh, from a cybersecurity perspective has also been more publicized uh, mm-hmm. in the U.S., especially because, you know, there's vulnerabilities in all the pieces of software, everything from, you know, uh, Microsoft Windows environment to, you know, Java Java-based environments to exposed... Mm-hmm. WordPress, uh, uh, you know, the Cisco firewalls, uh, all, all kinds of variations of protocol, as well as operating system, as well as um, uh, you know the vulnerabilities that have existed have been exploited uh, mm-hmm. and have been publicized in the in the in the US, in the in, in Europe, um, not as much in in India, even though there is there has been a discussion and in fact. I was in India in March uh, this year, uh, 21, and I, I did on, on TV, you know, hear about uh, cyber security attacks and state sponsored, etc. But it was all in uh, in reaction to what what they felt India felt a threat from China yeah. as well as Pakistan. So it was more military uh, related. And in you know concerns like the colonial pipeline attack in the U.S., mm-hmm. concerns around infrastructure, you know, nuclear reactors, overall uh, air air traffic control, uh, that was the discussion perspective and where India would go and whether India has the capability, etc., and do they need to develop it further? Okay. I,
1: there was there's an alleged. Um report that says that uh, last year we had uh, a power uh, failure in Mumbai, which is normally normally not doesn't happen. So that, that is attributed to the Chinese uh, army. So basically we got hacked and uh, that kind of brought the whole breakdown down, allegedly. Uh, right. Um, but it is pretty sure that India is not very much prepared, but, but prepared for uh, such kind of onslaught coming across the border.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, as, as the U.S. has seen, you know, a larger percentage of the bigger attacks that are coming are state-sponsored in some way, shape, or form, whether it be Russia or China. Um, and that tends to be the new way of disruption. Um, I think, you know, most countries will find that even if they are not targets today, that they might be targets in the future. Right. um And so that that's something that they need to develop, and India definitely needs to develop that, especially because of the threat from, you know, China and, and Pakistan and stuff. Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, I just want to pose one more question now. Like, same, uh, let's say the Modi government, the Minister of Modi government comes to you and say, say, hey, now uh, what would you suggest? Give uh, us some matching points to how they go about preparing uh, cyber defense systems, uh, or uh, to protect ourselves from the states wanting
0: attacks, what would be your suggestion? Well, I mean, I think the, you know, er, anything cyber always starts with understanding current state, right? Mm -hmm. So it would be, you know, developing capability to understand what is the current capability within the US? I mean, sorry, within India, Mm -hmm. under the Modi government to, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, where is India from uh, an evaluation of uh, a, a scale of one to 10? Mm -hmm. in capability, uh, technology, uh, overall, uh, you know, cyber defenses. Mm -hmm. um, And, and what do they need to develop? Is it uh, more skilled people? Mm -hmm. Is it better processes to communicate amongst various agencies, if there was an attack? Is Mm -hmm. it uh, better technology? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, based on that, you go forward, to, uh, uh, to, you know, develop the right, right capability in the right places, mm-hmm. uh, whether that, like in the US, it has always been under various agencies. And I feel the US has overdone on the agency side. They have, you know, too much bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't recommend that for India. Uh, I think that's where most countries suffer is bureaucracy tends to take over and then the inefficiencies come into play. Um, I would say that it, it, from an India perspective, it's better to, you know, whether it be under the military or under a civil, uh, you know, interior ministry, some of some kind, where there is uh, overall cyber defense, cybersecurity arm, uh, who can then manage both understanding current state and then developing capability around skilled people, better process, uh, stronger technology, um, and a uh, better response capability, right? right? Because it's it's not only defense, it's also responding.
1: Responding to that efficiency. right? Yeah. I, mean, I guess, like, yes, have to have a lot of things to, a lot of things covered now with respect to cyber warfare, because uh, uh, going by the trends, it's uh, very much possible the next fight is going to be, while uh, they on the effort for sure. No, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a cyber warfare, right? I don't see any kind of traditional warfare happening between the Indian and the next uh, neighbors, right. but there will be very much a big possibility of having a cyber warfare, cyber war happening in the near future,
0: right? Right. Yeah, I think cyber warfare is uh, um, uh, the def- definitely the future of warfare. Right. Um, how much of that? becomes more of a reality in the next the next you know five to ten years uh, is, is is something to be seen but I think uh, with the advent of the use of artificial intelligence AI mm-hmm. as we refer to it uh, cyber warfare will get m- much more uh, advanced and more capable and um, I think both robotics and AI are going to move the cyber warfare into a you know, it, it, into almost a new phase as such.
1: Right. You, and so, you know, like, uh, yeah. Um, in 2016 election, now uh, there was some kind of um, alleged rumors about uh, Russian interference in the uh, 2016 U.S. elections. Right. Uh, even if it's proven, um, in, in current state affairs, uh, there's no way any country can enforce compliance right Say, if i find out that say china or maybe any other country is interfering in the indian election system or maybe some other um, uh, some other kind of uh governmental issues um there's no way that we can enforce right um uh, or take a, or ensure that they pay for their damages that's been done right what's your view on that because the,
0: yeah, I mean, I think the 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 um, you know the interference perspectives again is a large percentage on uh, you know through media misinformation groups, um, uh, you know feeding feeding information which would get uh, in the U.S. That was all about you know creating uh, stronger emotions from people, whether that be. Uh, you know have it you know angering them uh, for right. specific social issues uh, concerns about my, majority minority country etc um, that that plays into you know all these uh, social medias sites that we are all now addicted to and what right. yeah. get our news from and right. so those can be exploited right so Unfortunately for countries, that is very difficult. And I think in the U.S. also, it's not only that, it's you know, elections uh, interference is, uh, is apt because you know, there is a lot of money that comes into fighting elections right. and the source of that money is not very clear and declared and there is no, there is no mandate or law that says that you need to declare the source. And because you don't need to declare the source, you know that can be funnelled in from various sources who are looking to disrupt, and they disrupt by buying Facebook ads, or they'll disrupt by you know spreading in misinformation through you know, local media, through national media, um, which is hard to control.
1: Now, see, even if you, it's it's proven. Let's say some ex-country had done this, some intelligence story or something. Or maybe China, or maybe even Russia, done X, Y, Z action you know, on misinformation, uh, maybe get triggered in a riot. Or uh, what options? Do you, do you think that should be some kind of regulations at the even level to control such things? Or is it even possible?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, they can pass regulations around declaring who who's paying for what and for you know social media companies when they uh, when they have companies purchasing ads. Uh, large booked ads to monitor content you know, especially which is not um, trusted content
1: Mm
0: -hmm. some level of trust because, uh, you know, if you look at traditional media Mm -hmm.
1: um,
0: they have to, they can't just publish a story, they have to have uh, specific uh, you know, support or sources of that story, you can't just say, you know, the yeah you yeah, know yeah, the, the sky is white and the sky is black you can't you know just suddenly change the, or the earth is flat and earth is right. not proud you, you you have to have some level of some basis some basis yeah. to your story yeah exactly yeah. Um, so you know it, it, the social media has kind of gone kind of wild in terms of you know people publishing all kinds of you know stories and uh, you know misinformation and uh, you know conspiracies Um, And, and unfortunately that leads to a lot of people following these, getting into groups and, uh, you know, creating their own, own uh, bubbles of, uh, and and then, then believing that to the extent that they would uh, vote for X, Y, Z stuff. So I think, you know, having trust. Uh, in media is important. And the media has to create trust. Even social media has to create trust by having better sources, ha- you know, checking who is paying for what as well as uh, managing content on their sites. Uh, it's hard uh, for right. sure, big, based on the volume and the amount and, and their growth patterns as well as their revenue pools But um, that is what needs to be done because uh, and and from a government perspective, you know, the, the governments need to pass laws to say, okay, when you fight elections, okay, you need money, but
1: mm-hmm. you
0: need to declare sources. I mean, if the money is coming from a foreign source, they are going to try to disrupt the information. They are going to disrupt it towards their side, right? So absolutely,
1: absolutely. Uh, um just think, what news you know about the blogs you follow or what uh, uh channels you follow to keep yourself located.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I follow, I use Cora quite a bit. I use Quora. Reddit uh, groups, uh, even LinkedIn groups. Um, and, you know, there's security Boulevard, which has a blogging site, which is all security focused. They also uh-huh. use uh, DevOps.com. Uh, there is uh, uh, the threat post, which is another blogging and news sites. Um there are all the uh, standard state in the U.S. Their government sites. So DHS releases all their threats on a DHS site, uh, Department of Homeland Security site. Okay. And DHS then, uh, yeah, okay. uh, there is there are governments, uh, state government sites around regulations. So mm-hmm. Ma- uh, Massachusetts has massstate.gov for HHS for Health and Human Services. Uh, Similarly, California has a site for CCPA updates, uh, uh-huh. California consumer privacy regulation. Uh, uh-huh. EU EU has their EU uh, update on GDPR under their site. So we follow all those to see if there are updates, releases, changes, yeah.
1: If somebody is just starting off your career um, would we'll come to you and ask you for your suggestion, just out of college, what would you recommend him or her?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think it, it, it's always relevant, what the person is doing, the security, as you know, is very broad, right, and deep, right. So you're, you know, you might be interested in pen testing, and that's a mm-hmm. very different uh, perspective of ethical hacking, and what kind of sites you're going to follow, mm-hmm. versus, um, like a hacker post or some, you know, which are all just hacking information. Um versus somebody who is looking to do identity and access management on the front end, access control mechanisms, or somebody who's looking to do governance risk and compliance so all controls and you know, different perspective, or somebody who's looking to do network security mm-hmm. and you know, uh, understanding firewalls, or now there's the whole cloud security, con- you know, which is really infrastructure security, But, you know, just a a different perspective on how you are using your servers, virtual servers, uh, containers, uh, security around that. Uh, There's the DevOps security area now, you know, around uh, release management and development operations. Uh, So, uh, and and because a lot of, there are a lot of directed uh, sites, Uh, as well as information out there now Mm -hmm. for each aspect of security. Um, And you can be part of and both, uh, you know, uh, attend webinars or uh, participate in uh, uh, the various blogs or write or read. Uh, So there's just a lot. I mean, there's there's the uh, magazine called Medium, which you might be familiar with. And Medium has information on all aspects of technology, right? And very right. good articles. Right? Um, so th- th- there's, there's a lot. And I'm sure I'm leaving out many, right. both, both from an India and Europe perspective, that there are very, some very good uh, uh, you know, sites and information out there around cybersecurity, which is local to those areas.
1: But medium is one that I don't mind. selection selection extra month, every month. Uh, the content
0: is pretty good. Uh, yeah, medium, medium has de- definitely developed itself into more of a you know a source where people are, you know, able to trust the information, but also learn from it because uh, there is a lot of original content. Thought right. process. Correct.
1: Uh,
0: in, on medium, yeah.
1: I was, I was quite big of quora um until a few years back but now it's kind of a system um clickbait kind of questions and yeah uh, just kind
0: of, uh, stepping away from quora but yeah, maybe right time, yeah. what what about you what 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 uh, sources do you use around and i in fact i ask everybody themselves just because you know if, there are so many out there in terms of sources of good content,
1: right?
0: Um, it's always good to know and learn.
1: Oh, so we have this internal X Force content from, from IBM X Force team. So this uh-huh. uh, gives a summary for all the big things happening. So it's a filtered down beam. So we have people who actually would read multiple sources. So, um, and uh, so if they find something interesting or something that's relevant. Uh, for our customers and clients, they send it, they, they create a post there, so it's kind of an internal site, but it's, um, it's the best you can get because you just uh, you're exposed to the cream and the current issues. So you keep up, you, you keep yourself updated very easily. So you don't have to follow ten threads. I just follow next so. Oh,
0: Okay, and that's that's just. Uh... Almost like you know, content that they have already filtered through, which is relevant. Yes. Yeah. So, so we
1: have we have a team in an which would actually see through all the um, the the chatter that's happening online, and uh, so, so they will identify what is the threat, what is the hot news today, and then they will send you a summary update updates every, day, every day. So, so this would, this, so this in this way, I don't have to uh, check multiple sites. So I just need to go through the X Force uh, alerts every day and. Uh, I'll keep myself busy that way. So to the time an okay. IBM actually
0: happy about that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a good thing. That uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are in larger companies like an IBM or yeah. you know working for a Google and stuff they have curated content yeah. because even in Google News you can you know ask for cybersecurity and you can get all kinds of cybersecurity related content coming from different sources, right? So you can right. use that. Right. Uh, so there is there is that capability, <clears throat> and and every day there seems to be new ones developing. I, I agree. I mean things like Core and stuff used to be good, and then it you know it gets uh, it, too much information, which is kind of being pushed around by people right. Uh, right. just to sell their product, and then um, so then that that loses its interest value from a technology perspective. Sure. Um, uh, so, you know, I think that that's the, that it's both a, uh, a negative, but it also creates an opportunity for another one to come about, which would be,
1: uh,
0: which can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, like even LinkedIn over, over the pandemic has got almost too much information, people reaching out content. Uh, And so, you know, people, some people have turned it off now, because even though it is (laughs) really the only B2B uh, social network, uh, because it's just too much uh, coming at you, uh, and you know, you have your regular things that you need to get done. And a lot of the information coming at you is uh, irrelevant to you. Absolutely.
1: And, so uh, LinkedIn is actually getting that Facebook pinch to it. Slowly, it's turning into Facebook. So people are posting comments about uh, it's not relevant to your skills or not, not relevant right. to your job. Yeah, it's more about, put uh, it somewhere and how things are happening. Or maybe some of it on the news. So yeah, so it's getting a little Facebooking. So and yeah, you're right. Pretty much right
0: yeah and uh, linkedin you're right i mean i i actually unfollow a lot of people who you know start posting information about politics or you know pushing one side versus the other which right. it has nothing to do with linkedin uh it's that's more of a facebook or other other social media post but people have started posting it on linkedin so it's the same thing if linkedin doesn't control their content then you know that will also get polluted Right, relevant information absolutely,
1: absolutely. All yeah. um, so what just wanted to ask one last question. Um, what's the next thing for security? Like, what's your vision for your company? Yeah, I mean, I think the you know, the
0: vision is to kind of uh, develop capability that keeps people up to date with the oncoming slot of uh, new technology, so, mm-hmm. uh, blockchain artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, are capabilities that are gonna improve, especially artificial intelligence, cybersecurity. And we wanna uh, make sure that our clients are able to use that capability uh, even in, in the SMB sector to improve their cybersecurity posture. So whether that be through uh, know, a service uh, or some level of automation, uh, we're looking to provide that capability um, and also expand to not only uh, mid-sized but now larger companies uh, to develop capability where we can provide consulting services more remote, especially now during the pandemic, um, and and you know uh, provide what we are providing to SMBs to a larger uh, larger company. So you know expand that capability um, and start focusing our efforts around, which has always been the focus around uh, business use cases. So, uh, you know, for understand healthcare and direct messaging around healthcare, financial services, etc. so that it's the, the information around cybersecurity is relevant to the market that you're in.
1: Right, right. So we have got to have a ch- like change of focus a little bit. So we're so gonna move more uh, want to focus on the large organization
0: as well, in addition to the SMBs. Yeah, because yeah, I think uh, there is the 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 information is is relevant to both and they are both you know intertwining as such. Everything is becoming very uh, communication focused uh, and um, especially with the play in privacy now. Uh, privacy mm-hmm. and security combining, right. um, I think there is an opportunity to you know expand the market, not only to keep it to SMBs, but to expand it to the larger companies.
1: Alrighty, Jotun. Um, we're close to the hour now. Uh, thanks for your time. Um, just want to close this uh, session now. <laughs>